you know, I'm pro HBCU in and out every which way you every which way you write it. And I think I think Byron made a great point earlier. Basketball is such an easier transition. I mean, if you can ball, you can ball. You know, you might have dropped 20 in the ACC. Now you're dropping 34 in, you know, the MEAC or the SWAC or whatever the case may be per game. But they all have a chance to go to the big dance. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, joined with my co-host Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Well, um, I took the family down to uh, Black Lives Matter Plaza today. Uh, the missus enjoyed it a lot. And it was it was right on time because I actually just started teaching Jasmine about black history. I think I've mentioned that on this show, but, uh, we, you know, so far we covered like, you know, Africa. I didn't want to start off with us. Like we started off in slavery. I started off on how we started off in Africa. We were Kings and Queens, uh, how the first ship came to Port Comfort, Virginia. Uh, we got into reconstruction, the civil war, uh, Jim Crow, uh, we we covered a lot in just two days, man. And then to like go to Black Lives Matter Plaza today kind of helped it tie it in. They had a picture of Emmett Till on one of the walls down there. And I, I show her that. I taught her about Juneteenth. I love the fact that not only does she know what Brown versus Board is, but that she know who Brown is. Like a lot of people can cite that case, but they have no idea who Brown is. She can tell you Oliver Brown, his daughter, Linda Brown, Topeka, Kansas. So we just been going over a lot. So that was kind of exciting for me. And I had a question for you guys. So Disney Plus streamed Hamilton. Did you guys partake? I I, I did not. And not necessarily on a soapbox or anything like that. It's just it wasn't one of those things that I'm like, oh, I want to watch Hamilton. So I just didn't jump up to get it and watch it. We started it a few days ago, but we've never... Finish it. It was always something going on. We actually started, I think, on the fourth. We were with another couple, and um, conversation started flowing. And next, you know, y'all started we just, talking over the. Yeah, we were halfway through the movie, and it was like, which one's Hamilton again? And so, <laughs> y'all, and then we went and got into debate, and you know, it was like because we didn't want to Google stuff. So it's supposed to be all. It went from being an all black cast to being an all. So we started debating about Hamilton. Nobody wanted to do the research. So, yeah. but I do plan on, I've tried to watch it several times or put it in my calendar to do it. It hasn't happened. So maybe tonight when we put the kids to bed. I don't think it's happening tonight. Probably not. Yeah, yeah probably not. I, 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 like I said, I, I, I don't see the hype about it. So, and maybe because I've never seen it that I don't I don't understand the hype but I I'm just not it's not on my list. I would much rather see um this new Shia LaBeouf movie that I posted about that looks pretty awesome. So just throwing that out there. Is he that how you say movie. his name? Yeah, isn't it Shia LaBeouf? I think it's just one syllable. Isn't it just Shia LaBeouf? Is it Shia? It's Shia, I it's, think. It's definitely Shia, but I thought it was LaBeouf. 
No, I think he's right about the love boat part. What, what's the movie, by the way? Oh, yeah, the movie's called The Tax Collector. So it's he is basically over like an area that they charge taxes for any like illegal activity to happen. So he is collecting from like all the gangs in this area. So it doesn't matter which gang, you know, Crips, Bloods, MS-13, the mob, whoever, he is basically collecting that they can actually do it on his turf. So uh, it comes out that I guess everybody turns on him. And so now all the gangs get together and they're hunting him. So it's going to be kind of like some John Wickish type stuff, but it's, it's actually sounds pretty good. So we'll, we'll throw the link up for you guys to see it. Okay. I saw the preview. It's look, it looked pretty dope. My, what I got to talk about is not that deep either, but I'm excited and nervous all at the same time because they're rebooting the wonder years that, that made me feel so good last night. I, I went to sleep with a, a huge smile on my face because that was my show. And I, I'm not scared to admit I had the biggest crush on Winnie Cooper. That was my my white girl crush. So it, it is is it it is what it is. But um All right. So it out of Winnie Cooper Topanga, and Topanga. Topanga. Okay, all right. Topanga. Just making sure. Topanga. Just making sure that I was Topanga. Young, I, didn't uh, I didn't know I was young and I didn't know any better. So <laughs> But it, it definitely was Topanga. But yeah, you know, Topanga Topanga was thick with it. Yeah, Topanga was thick. Then there was six. She was she was the next thick one. Yeah, six six. Yeah. Oh, we gonna have some haters. Buff, great job <laughs> keeping quiet. <laughs> no problem, bro. <laughs> you went to you you got your black fist raised. You went to see Black Lives Matter, so you're not gonna be talking about any of that today, huh? I, I plan on keeping it light. I'm gonna see how the show goes, though. <laughs> I'm just Uh-oh. still worried about this flying thing. But yeah. you've flown since this thing has happened. Yeah. Twice, actually. Is it? <laughs> oh, okay. It's not too bad, is it? Now, that shit was pretty good because I think I'm interested to see how it's going to be in August because I think more people have started back flying. But the two times mm-hmm. I flew, it was so empty, bro. Like, I know how busy uh, Houston Airport can be. And to see, like, it just empty. It was crazy, man. You almost had a plane to yourself and stuff. But um, I'm hoping that's the case because uh, we're still like in our heart of hearts. We just need a vacation. But it's like, man, it's just that thought of. So when we come back, what do we do? You know, do we quarantine ourselves or how 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 does that go? And so <laughs> that must be how tap it is, because I'm surprised she had just said. Let's not worry about it. Like she is adamant about going, despite how anal she's been about all of this. Um, I think she just needs a getaway, get out this house, man. Yeah, but I get it. The 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 precautions we took is like soon as we got to our destination. So like we carry wipes with us. The plane allegedly wipes down everything, but we still went behind and wiped down everything. Like when I was picking up my bag off of the conveyor belt after it went through X-ray. I was wiping that down before I picked it back up, sanitizing like all over, all over the place. Wipe down the plane when we got on. When you get to your destination, take those clothes off, shower right away, because uh, I heard it can be in your clothes and stuff. So that's that's what we did. All righty, well, fellas. With that being said, let's go ahead and pay some bills. 
All right, we're back. Three brothers, no sense. Razi, you told me Sophie's been prepping you and putting you in training all week. Are you ready? Oh, no, no. She's going to do it. Hold on. Let me go run, run and okay. get her real quick. Okay. I thought you said she had jokes. She's been... Yeah. He, uh, he I made. thought you had a joke montage. Sophie, you telling your joke? I'll do this one next week. This one. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? How do you put an astronaut baby to sleep? Um, I don't know. Rockabye? You rock it. <laughs> Very well. Well done. Very well, well done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what. That's exactly what you do, Sophie. Good job. You rock it or strap it in the car and drive around until they fall asleep. All right, Sophie. Thank you for that joke. As usual, you never um, leave me disappointed. Well, I'm going to keep it light since I'm following the joke today, and I think I've been angry or militant for for the last few weeks. So I'm going to kind of stick with my theme of television slash movies or whatever the case may be. I feel like we were part of the TV generation, like we were raised on TV. We, you know, we have TV shows that we just relate to every, every, I think, stage in our life. So if there were characters that either you saw yourself in that you aspired or that inspired you as a child, as a teenager slash young adult and in your current stage, who will those characters be? Hmm. Uh, you think on it that could one. be TV, TV, movie, uh, it can even be a real person. It could be like a rapper or somebody or, you know, Rizzy, you know, Umar or somebody like that. That just <laughs> <laughs> You always got to slap one of them men. <laughs> so I guess I got to definitely go to my some of my favorite shows. Uh, you know, I for especially when it first came out, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I wanted I wanted to be like that. And. I remember not knowing that being short was like, like kind of like a knock or whatever. You know what I mean? It wasn't until Fresh Prince came out and he started making all those jokes about Carlton. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I'm short. So that's, that's something you can tell me. Okay. I, I didn't know that was a thing, but um, I just thought he was cool, man. And, you talking about Will or Carl? Will, Will, Will. I'll just Will, make a yeah, shot. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You went to a prep school Although, and all that stuff. I don't... We, did, we did post that meme that showed that Carlton was the real one. You know what I'm saying? Carlton was the man. <laughs> Carlton can move in any circle yeah, and it know? doesn't matter. He would assimilate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, de- definitely that. Um, but it, it's not too many characters on, on TV that I just wanted to be like. Rappers, you know... Maybe, maybe I like Tupac, but I never remember wanting to be like him. I just, I like some of the things he said. None of, none of his movies or anything like spoke to you. It's like, man, I kind of. Uh, well, then, you know, you, you know, I did do the razor blade in the mouth thing. So <laughs> I guess, I guess his character on Bow the Rim, maybe. So, yeah. So those are the two that I can think of right now. I don't want to keep uh, gibbering and. I'll let Rosie go, and if I think of some more, I'll come back in. Yeah, I definitely want to hear as an adult, who do you kind of relate to a character or something like that? Do you see yourself as a Cosby, Bill Cosby dad, you know, or any uh, TV fathers, anybody you relate to or something like that? So, be thinking on that. What about about you, Rosie? 
so I, I broke mine into three and um y'all might laugh, but uh as a child I wanted to be He Man. <laughs> I mean, you want to dress like him too? Like. <laughs> no, I want to dress like him. <laughs> Did you want a battle cat and everything? Or what I, wanted battle, I, I, I wanted, I wanted, but because it, like you talked about how you know you were you were just finding out that you could Jones on short. Like I had been getting the short jokes forever, the small kid jokes forever. Like I constantly had to fight growing up because, you know, I had to defend myself and all of that. And so it was that idea of, you know, you can get that power and then you can whoop up on everybody type thing. So it was just that whole, I'm going to defend myself. And so that, that was the, the hurt child in me coming out. But as a teen, again, I'm a comic book nerd, so Captain America was like my guy. Like growing up, that that that's that's who I was like. He might be the lamest comic book character ever. Can, no, can, 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 so can he name his picks first before you start? Thank you, thank you. See, see I'm going back to can. why I needed to be He Man right here, right here. This is it? <laughs> so. My bad. That, that's that's was um, you know it. He he was lame, but he he stood up for what he believed in, and and I I have always been that guy, right? Like I'm I I I think differently, and I'm still gonna roll with what I think, that type of thing, and and all of that. As an adult, I will go to TV on this one. Uh, Chris Rock, Daddy, is like my idol. Like that dude. Yeah, man, I can see that. Like. Yeah. Like, not not just on the yes, he was cheap and he 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 thought about money, but y'all got you got to think about he like owned the brownstone, but he always talking about he ain't had no money for real. But they owned the brownstone, uh, so he had real estate. He had worked seventeen jobs or whatever. He took took care of that family. Um, so I'm just looking at it from like being a good dad, taking care of him, supporting his family, and all that. Like that. It was all about that. So yeah, Chris Rock dad. Okay, I, I can see that. I definitely can see that. Good old Julius. <laughs> so okay, that makes sense. Well, mine. I kind of gave my first one away on my my opening. Man, growing up in the suburbs of Dallas and growing up in the early '80s, I just related to Kevin Arnold on Wonder Years. I felt like he was a white version of me. I did not realize. That that show was in the late sixties, early seventies. It just seemed, you know, riding your bike around the neighborhood, having friends playing, you know, coming home to dinner and all that stuff. I just, for some reason, I just was a happy go lucky kid with those minor kid and early teenage problems that the average person had, but nothing too serious. And so my childhood, for the most part, was pretty good, and I just related to Kevin. And we both had a crush on Winnie, so mm, it fit. My second one for young adult, it's a show that I I watched partially. I I wasn't like a huge fan of the show, but I love this character. And it was Kyle Barker on Living Single. I just love. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. I just love the way that dude carried himself. (laughs) He just had an air of confidence and very intelligent, witty, 
had a sense of style for the 90s, kind of always marched the beat of his own drum when it came to style, especially when he was suited and booted. Some of his stuff, when I go back and watch the show now, I'll be like, ooh. But also the styles in the 90s were horrible. So, uh, But Kyle was my dude. So I even had a rise. I don't know if you remember. I even got the twist for about a, about a month or so. <laughs> I don't know how I got twists when I was in the Army, but I was determined to get twists uh, early 2000, 2001, or whenever that time period was. Oh but, yeah, you remember we used to um they, we used hey, to like skirt skirt the regs because you'd like yeah. take the twist out and put like a stocking cap on and press it all oh, yeah, press the it way out. down yeah, press to it your out. Head. you know the regs you know <laughs> it's it's within that half an inch oh yeah <laughs> it takes a lot to get us out of reg and we really didn't care so that in the boots we didn't, we didn't shine our boots or anything <laughs> but that was horrible we should have got in so much trouble we were not squared yeah. away we were the most we were in the medical unit we were the most unsquared away squared away soldiers in the world. Yeah, so yeah. in my last and I think people associated him with me more than I did myself is Randall from This Is Us. I think the dude is just real sharp, real intelligent, is always pushing himself to do more and to be more for others uh, to the point where he'll put added pressure on himself. Unlike Randall, I don't stress out and have anxiety or stuff like that. Kind of at the end of the day, I kind of have a a screw it attitude. Like I shrug my shoulder and keep on trucking. But I mean, the way he honors his wife and his family and the people around him, that is, uh, he, he reminds me of myself, a kind of clean cut guy for the most part, really as much as I try to be a rebel, I still, I, I still play by the rules and all that stuff. So Randall will be my, my third person. So we're going to come back to you, buff. Have you thought of that third person yet? Well, I want to, um, so I want to go back to the uh, I want to articulate the whole Will Smith thing a lot better this time around. Um, and I think for me, I guess this would be my therapy session. But as a kid, man, I just gravitated to what I wasn't, you know, like he he was tall on the show. To me, it was easy for him to talk to girls. I was always shy and just afraid to talk to girls. I thought he had or or at least the show portrayed him to have fly fashion. Mm-hmm. I never considered myself someone that could dress or anything like that. So him, Deion Sanders was, I was a big fan of Deion Sanders for the same reasons. I thought he was fly, you know, had, had the women. And I just, I just admired that growing up. Like, wow, man, like I couldn't say anything to a girl growing up, man. And then as I got a little older and I need to stress this as clearly as I'm, as I can, I'm talking about the in the ring stuff with Floyd Mayweather. Not the domestic abuse stuff, but (laughs) I love his discipline as someone who, you know, got teased about their weight growing up and struggles with weight to this day. I like the fact that he is so disciplined, dog. Like you look at boxers now and they, you know, they blow up 20 pounds above weight. And then right before a fight, they try to get in shape. Floyd is one of the few boxers that stayed in shape year round didn't drink, didn't do any of that stuff, just gym, uh, training, that's it. Well, he had his fun or whatever, but none of the the stuff that harms your body, man. I just admired that discipline. And now today, because I love to debate and I don't think I'm um, as good as I would like to be at it, I feel like I always think of my best points when the debate is long over. Bomani Jones, man, he's an ESPN talent. I've mentioned him Mm -hmm. on the show before. I follow him on Twitter. And I just love a lot of the points he makes. 
he challenges me. Like when he's going back and forth with someone, sometimes the person he's going at, I will, it would be like the, 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 the train of thought that I've had growing for years, but then just listen to him and how he breaks it down and, and tears it apart to tears it apart to why it doesn't make any sense or why you should, you know, think bigger than that. It like challenges me, man. So I love how he debates, how well he debates and how he's with it. Just like that for me, I can have a debate. I may make a good point or two here or there, but it's like the next day I'm like, damn, I should have said this. So those are my three, man. Well, a podcast will do that to you every episode. Yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's when I listen to the show. Yeah. You know, so being good. Yeah. Thanks. Sometimes both I, I want. Sometimes I want to cheat when I'm uh, editing, and I'm like, I'm just gonna record my response right here, just drop it in. <laughs> okay. And I, I don't remember Izzy saying it. Exactly. <laughs> but thanks a lot, Buff. You put us to shame. We're over here talking about Kevin Arnold and He-Man, and you over here <laughs> talking about the discipline of Floyd Mayweather and stuff like that. I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and also with Floyd, though, like, people used to talk about his fighting style because he was a, a, a counterpuncher, wasn't trying to go in there and, like, you know, just, just beat on people and yeah. stuff. And people was like, oh, his fights aren't exciting and, and they don't want to watch and everything. But he was like, but I win. Like, so. And, and as long as you keep paying <laughs> to watch me lose, I'm going to always make this money. <laughs> right. That's what people did. They paid to watch him lose and he never lost. But it's even yep. more disciplined to fight your fight. You yep. know, like, uh, you look at people like Roy Jones, who was, I mean, at the, at one point, he was the man. It was just flashy, pound for pound. He was just killing people. And you went to watch him be flashy. And Floyd is like, look, I know you want to see this, but it's even harder to just do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just harder to stay disciplined. Even if I know I can probably put these paws on somebody. Nah, I'm just going to do this, 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 and this. Counterpunch, play some good defense, get my points in when I need, and I'm going to win. And it's a it's a it's a proven it's a proven fact. And like so, I, and like I always tell people, not to get too into boxing, but Pretty Boy Floyd gave you the exciting fights. It's Money Mayweather that he he once he got older, he realized, look, I'm not going in that damage in my brain. I'm a counter punch and I'm a I'm a play defense. Yeah, true, yeah. true. Well, fellas, that uh, I was trying to keep it light to give you guys an opportunity to do what you want to do. So, who's up next? Uh, so I guess it's, it's my turn since Rosie got a question. Yeah, last I got week. a question last I week. I actually need to go through my list because my question was so close to yours, Fer, because I wanted to keep it light as well. So maybe I'll come back to it. Um, I don't know, maybe next week. Uh, nah, screw it. I'm going to keep it. We, this might just be a light show. We've had some heavy shows. So <laughs> in the interest of uh, kind of kind of piggybacking off what Fer did with TV shows at the top of the show. I mentioned Hamilton and did you guys watch that? Um, I want to ask you guys, what is a very, very popular sitcom or show or, or movie, but mainly show or sitcom that you think is just completely overrated that so many millions and millions of people watched it. But for you, you gave it an episode or two and you're like, I, I, I just don't get it. It's, this is kind of trash to me. That's a hard one for me because I usually find something good in them. 
Um, well, you know, I get in, uh, I get annoyed by most shows. So <laughs> I'll say, for me, the it, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I don't even know if you guys know I've what seen that show is. Dan, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I I could never understand it. And and along those lines, matter of fact, I could never really get into friends. <laughs> That's another yeah. one that yeah. just I was like, okay. Because we had, I, I couldn't relate. Because we had living single. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. We had the black version. I think at that point we were so young and so like we weren't about that happy go lucky friends live. So I'm going to say this. I never, I never watched. I might've watched, watched one and a half episodes of empire. I just couldn't get like, I just, and maybe it's just me and my, I don't like seeing us portrayed in a certain way. And, you, and I think you, that's just a pet peeve of nah, mine. You got to so elaborate sh- on that because a lot of people had a problem with the the gay characters on there. So, no, it had nothing to do with that. It was more so, you know, the the rappers going in and out of jail, all the drama. I don't like seeing drama in black in the black community, like on TV. I don't know why. But, I don't. I don't it's just a, pers- it's a personal pet peeve of mine. But I just, ugh. I, I as a as a genre, it was a drama. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like. I don't know. It I wasn't a sitcom. It was a drama like that. that I, I just. So I don't do you know. like any dramas, or you mm. just don't like it if it's a black drama? Um, I don't. I think I watch a lot of. I mean, I guess this is us as a drama, and I think it's one of the best shows on television. But uh, when it just comes to us, and I think, and I don't know. Maybe I'm not watching enough uh, episodes, but. I'm pretty sure there's drugs. Oh no, you're spot on with it. Just drugs, <laughs> gang banging. Then you got in and out of jail fights. You know, dysfunctional family. Like I don't, I don't like seeing it. Like I want to see us in a positive light. I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I will tell you this though. Like to, to talk through, this is us and Empire. Other than the flashiness of Empire. This is us is just as drama y as Empire. You're talking about his baby now. So you need to train. I know, I know. You, when you talk, you, I mean, you talk about dysfunctional what you, families. What you're you not about to do. <laughs> I mean, Kevin's an alcoholic. Like, uh, let the know. white people, let the white people struggle. I'm fine with them struggling. So that's that's really what it is. It's that it's that negative light of just, black yeah. people, and I just want to see family, black families. They don't have to be perfect. I don't under. I know there's no such thing as a perfect family, but I I want to see them working towards being a a, a family unit. You know, with Cook. I just know some of the names. Cookie having. I feel like she had a boyfriend. He had a he had a girlfriend, a baby. I don't know any of the details of the show. And so any of that Empire, name another black drama. I ain't watched it. Shy ain't watched it. Well, oh, you ain't watched the shy? Nope. I like the shy, yo. I, I haven't watched the shy either. Uh, What's the uh, one? The I, I didn't watch Power. Power? That's, that's another nope. one that I couldn't nope. get into. Nope. Yep. Couldn't get into power. <laughs> and y'all gonna hate me on this. I'm gonna just put it on the table. I I haven't watched all the wire. I knew you was going to say that. How did I know he yep. was going to say that? Uh, I knew he was yeah. going to say that, yo. I mean, you know, uh, Byron, Byron opened up, so, you know, I'm open up. I, I'm watch- <laughs> <laughs> I, 
gotta watch it total like 25 uh, episodes. So you like you know, I like what I saw. You like but it was in, like, it didn't pull me back in to want to see and follow more. I guess the best, the, <laughs> it's the craziest, and I'm taking your question and butchered it. <laughs> the only show that I really liked that probably had black drama like that was New York Undercover. I like New York Undercover. I don't know why. And, and like <laughs> that, that was definitely an urban it, show, but I don't know if it was like I don't even know if The Wire is really a black show. Like, it, yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, it, when you when you talk about all the different storylines, I mean, the entire second season was all white. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it, it definitely. And, but and with New York um, Undercover, even with New York yeah. Undercover, I think it was just it was it was an urban show. I don't yeah. think it was so much black. It just had a black lead. Man, I love that it. show. Man, I love that show. Man, oh, New York yeah. Undercover. It, they're supposed to be yeah. bringing it back, right? I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, I think it was a reboot. Uh, you guys named one of my overrated shows, which is Friends. Uh, Friends and Empire, as a matter of fact, and and I, I don't, For I, don't I don't like not like Friends because there's no black people in it. Because there's no black people in Seinfeld. Seinfeld, Seinfeld is fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, and and if you like Seinfeld, you definitely need to check out Kirby Enthusiasm. But Friends is whack. Empire, it just was a little too predictable. It was kind of corny to me. And power, I was with I was with power the first three seasons, but I got so sick of that the same storyline of um I forgot his name, uh Ghost and Angela. It 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 got tired to me. Like it they strung that out for like four or five seasons, I think. So I checked out after that. Um since Ferg was controversial with his wire take, I'll go ahead and um put my neck out there on the chopping block and this is a show that I actually like and I think is a good show but in some aspects The Sopranos is kind of overrated I always tell people for the most part it's just a more serious version of Analyze This it's, 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 it's great but it starts out slow and it's kind of like the same storyline like Tony uses his therapist gets her advice and he uses it on how he is a boss within the family. Like every season, that's pretty much it. Every season he storms out and says, he's not going to come back and see her again. He passes out and goes back and see her. Then we're not going to talk about the last episode and the final ending. So <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a good show, but it, it's a little overrated for like, I think it's like HBO's number one. Well, Game of Thrones took that over now, but before Game of Thrones, I think Sopranos was like the number one show ever, and I don't, I don't think it should have been that. So that's all I got. Yeah. By critics or by like watched, because I, I think The Wire comes above Sopranos yeah, a lot yeah. for by critics. Yeah, the, when you talk about rankings of them, so yeah, I can I can I can see all of those. So so we we gave you room to where. You can be serious or you can keep it light. Like you got an open platform right now. Which way are you gonna go? Uh maybe right in between, truthfully. Uh so my question, I don't know if you guys Hold have on. seen I've never watched The Walking Dead either. Just throwing it out there. Just I'm gonna sit back now. Well, everybody stopped uh, watching it now, but the first six seasons are pretty good. Minus season yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't name one character. 
Rick, come on, you can't. Rick, you don't know Rick. Rick. Come on, man. And, is that, and is, Carl, <laughs> <laughs> you seen the memes? Yeah. You, is, 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 is Rick the black guy with? Oh my dreads god! Stop, or just stop. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about I it. I feel like there's a black guy <laughs> with bra- dreads, right? Okay, but there's a black dreads. chick, yeah. Michelle. Yeah, but it's not Rick. I, I know her. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I don't know her. Did but you I'm watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, I watched Breaking Bad. Yeah. What about Better Call Saul? I, I know nah, I can never get into Better Call Saul. Nah. I, I, it's not good. It's not that good. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna take your word for it. I've just mm-hmm. never. I'm trying to see. Uh, I, I, y'all know you... I got into the Vikings chick for a second, and um, so I'll let you know that Vikings is really good, and um, The Last Kingdom is really good. So both of those are pretty good. Did y'all ever watch uh, Big Bang? Mm-hmm. Since we're all being honest, I never watched the Wonder Years. So when you guys were talking about that, I was like, that's why I was quiet. Or Boy Meets World? Did you watch that? No. I, no. Fur, better. Boy Meets World, Wonder Years. Oof. Ah. That's a toughie. Boy Meets World was just comical, and I enjoyed it because they were kind of our age, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Wonder Years just hit it. It it just the Wonder Years hits different. You know what I'm saying? It just hits different. I think it's just a better, uh, sh- better written show. You know? Oh uh, no, man! Oh no! I I I go Boy Meets World. Over. I mean, you, you know what we need to ask Gigi. Gigi will tell you because she probably knows both of them inside and out. <laughs> because you, but you you're comparing a comedy to. Uh, I don't even know. Was it a drama? No, they both were sitcoms. Uh, would you call? I didn't. I never. It didn't have me laughing. It was just a, like a good show. I mean, I guess it was inter, it was entertaining and slum, slightly comical, but it wasn't. I I don't know, but they had laugh tracks. Both of them had laugh tracks. <laughs> if they have a laugh track. It's a sitcom. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, did not point. have a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonder Years might not have had a laugh track. No, it may have been a drama. I don't know. Melodrama, whatever. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, whatever. I don't know that. I don't know all the genres. Anyway, back to my question. And we just got super sidetracked. But um, so you guys may have seen that uh the five star basketball recruit. Well, I can't say his name. Maker Makur Maker yeah, he, or whatever he, his name is. He committed is. to Howard, right? Yeah, he committed to Howard, and um, his his. Reasoning was that as a five-star recruit, he's the highest starred or, or, or ranked recruit to ever go to a HBCU. So, and he, he said he wants to start the HBCU movement because he wants folks like LeBron James' son and, and, you know, folks like that who are coming up in the next two to three years to actually give that opportunity to HBCUs. And so, especially for you, Ferg, I think as an HBCU grad, um, I want to hear your thoughts on the HBCU movement for these five stars. I think, for, Byron, you talked a little bit about it with football uh, and in how basketball probably is the better play because of the number of people on it. So I just want to get you guys' thoughts on his movement and and is it smart for him thinking about trying to go to the league versus um, you know uh, going to a, a big Power 5 school or something like that? I love it. You know, I'm pro HBCU in and out every which way you every which way you write it. And I think I think Byron made a great point earlier. Basketball is such an easier transition 
I mean, if you can ball, you can ball. You know, you might have dropped 20 in the ACC. Now you're dropping 34 in, you know, the MEAC or the SWAC or whatever the case may be per game. But they all have a chance to go to the big dance. They're going to be seen. They're going to, even in his case, him going to Howard, he's probably going to have one more one-on-one coverage because of the movement itself and who he is already um, a highly recruited, highly followed athlete. And he's only going to be there one year. It's one year. These guys aren't going, they're going to do the one and done. You rarely see these elite athletes stay for four years. So you go and you highlight HBCUs, highlight that you can go and still do what you need to do and that these schools want you, need you, and deserve you. I don't I don't see a I don't see a downfall in that. And what it will do is if it penalizes him. It shows that there's a, a kink in the system more than there's a kink in his game plan. You know, because football, you're not going to play the same caliber of talent. And it's it's harder to get coverage. But basketball, if they have if they have an NCAA tournament this year or this upcoming season, they can still go. FAMU's made it to the tournament before. Howard's made it to the tournament before. You know, they can they can cover it. And it's going to give other key athletes exposure and bring and have other people start looking at the school outside of athletics. So I think it's an awesome move. I'm with it hundred percent. Come to FAMU. Uh, Everything Ferg said. And I, when I saw that, I was like, Oh man, I'm having a prophetic moment right now. Uh, Hopefully that trend continues. And you mentioned LeBron's son. LeBron is one of those athletes that we frequently talk about who is very socially conscious and, I would like to think, especially in today's climate, that when his son is ready, that he will push him to go to HBCU. Same with Dwayne Wade's son. And hopefully that trend really picks up steam and and continues. And I think what's been the hardest part about getting athletes to do this, especially like as we mentioned in football, if you're like a mid-level talent in football or basketball, and you really trying to get to the league, you can't risk going to a school where you're not going to get coverage and exposure. But if you're a superstar, then the the, the chances increase. And as we said in basketball, especially, they're going to find you. Remember, LeBron got drafted out of high school, Kobe out of high school. So in basketball, if you're big enough, it doesn't matter where you are. Like there's no high school that's bigger than a college. So if you go to HBCU and you're good enough, they're going to find you in basketball. Uh, and so it'd just be great if they if it picks up steam and it bleeds over into into football. So hopefully we're seeing just the the, the beginning of it, man. And I'm, and I've I've read this book before, and I'm not familiar with all the details, but it, it really hits on the forty million dollars slave. <laughs> One of my really favorite talks books. about yeah, man. really talks yeah. about how all this started at the black colleges. Yeah, the best black athletes mm-hmm. were there. They took our best, told them that they were too good or they can do better at a white university. And it left the black universities in shambles when it came to top talent. People were going to the league and that like we can get back to that caliber if they commit. 
if you get the top black athletes going to Howard, FAM, Southern, top basketball teams in the nation, and they start making it to the second, third round of the tournament, it's going to turn the tide quickly. It's not, it's not as hard as we think because it has been done. And then the money can go back. How does FAMU or Howard get a, a grade A uh, training facility? You get enough athletes to go make it big and contribute. Mm-hmm. You get more sponsorship dollars where Nike and all these other people who pay for these stadiums and stuff know that the top athletes are going to go to these schools the same way these top companies pull their money from the Washington Redskins. They can redirect it to a Howard, a fam, a Southern, any of these other schools like that. And all it takes is a spark. So I'm excited. Yeah, we just got to We got to make we got to make blackness the excellence that we know it is, because too many times just to to uh go away from sports for a second, but like even in the, in the music industry, we always, you know, say, man, I can't believe the Grammys snubbed this artist or that artist or how many Grammys does this artist have? Why do we put so much weight in the Grammys? Like we can put that much weight into the, our own award shows that we have. Like, it just seems like when it comes to black, like, oh, that's cute. That's just this little thing, but you haven't made it until you've broken into white Americas, or in this case, into a PWI. So it's just time to make blackness the excellence that we know it is and make it the top tier thing. Thank you for saying that, Buff, because I didn't want to go down this rabbit hole. But like I said, I love HBCUs, man. I I truly feel like it's it's a small segment of life when you are entering adulthood, you're becoming yourself, becoming that true person, and you get this last bit of utopia of blackness where you have so many people around you who look like you, who who talk like you, that have a lot of the same experiences. But there's so so much diversity. We talk about black not being a monolith. Going to fam, I was able I was exposed to so many different caliber of black people. I didn't I didn't know black people that had money. I didn't know any trust fund babies. I didn't even know what a trust fund was, you know. I didn't know there was black Zach Morris's. I didn't know there was people that had land and people that came from third, fourth generations, uh, college students and had all this, this success behind them. And once we can start recognizing that on a mass scale and show people that HBCUs not only produce great athletes, they produce great individuals where you can start highlighting the beauty of FAMU. You can start highlighting the beauty of Spelman, the beauty of Morehouse, the beauty of these schools and the caliber of people they produce. You know, FAMU producing all these black engineers and all these black pharmacists and let people know that it's not a second tier school. You know, I talk about my little sister. My baby sister just graduated from Alabama A&M and she wanted to go to uh, the University of Alabama. But the cost that they were trying to pull out of her parents pocket, even though she had great grades, good test scores and stuff like that, even with her scholarship, she was coming out paying all this money. University of Alabama, I'm assuming Alabama A&M embraced her, took her in. She might have graduated with less than five thousand dollars in student loans. And when I say this young lady's coming out making a nice chunk of change to be 23 years old, no kids 
and little to no debt. That's what the HBC and she's I think she's grown so much in those last four years and found herself that the sky's the limit for her. That's what some of these schools can do. And I think these athletes exposing these schools and telling kids that not even athletes, there's kids that never thought about going to these other schools, that there's other schools out there for them. I wish there was another different world out there right now that could highlight the beauty of these schools. Because the thing about different world, I noticed they never really highlighted athletics. They wanted to show that there was a, a academic part of school for black students. I digress. I step off my soapbox, but I love HBCUs. Go Rattlers. No, man, that, that, that's it. I, I, I agree. And I, I was super excited when I read the article as well. And even down to how its record is like atrocious, right? It, it's so bad. You're horrible. And, I, I think they have like a four and twenty nine record last year. Like, that might have been something. a step up. <laughs> so, but I, I I think that's another thing that he can put in his belt to be able to say if he does go there and they make a big swing, he can say I led a team, I controlled a team, and I brought a team from a four and twenty nine record, uh, added me to this team. We even just got to a a winning record, right? So that is a a big testament to how good he is as well as how he can lead a team. And so it it ends up being, he can, he can become a franchise player instead of just another person on your team. He speaks to his Uh, character. Yeah. So that's another part. And I think um, Shannon Sharp, he he talked a little bit about it because he went to an HBCU and he was, you know, he he was telling um, Skip that it's, of course he slid, in the draft and he probably could have went first round or second round if he had went to a PWI, uh, but he still made it and, and he wouldn't trade it for the world mainly because of those things you talked about Ferg. It's like he was able to see that diaspora, the entire diaspora instead of just that monolithic, Oh, black people is this black people is that. Uh, And so to be able to be exposed to that, to grow into that, uh, you know, HBCUs, I I think there's a, um, a statistic out there, like 70, 80% of all black professionals come from an HBCU. So when you talk about doctors, attorneys, things like that, that's where they come from. That's where they matriculate from. So if you want to be a doctor as a minority, your best chances is probably to go to an HBCU. Yeah. And then just not go to, necessarily. And then you go to Meharry or someplace, you go to another medical school. Like I told my sister, nobody, unless you stay in the state of Alabama, nobody gives a damn about and nothing against the school, but a University of Alabama degree versus Alabama A&M degree. And if you want to be an engineer or something like that, and, and what people don't realize is when these Fortune 500 companies go look for their... Their, uh, their diversity hires. Yes. They're, they're, a lot of times their affirmative action plan is I will recruit from an HBCU. That that That's my whole affirmative action plan right there. I'm just yeah. going to send a recruiter to an HBCU. Yeah, because think about it. Like FAMU, at one point we had about 12,000 students. So if I'm looking and the graduating class is 3,000, if I need a black engineer and there's a thousand black engineers graduating in this year from this one school, or I can go to insert Florida State here across the track and it's a hundred black engineers, maybe. Hum, what are my chances of finding a black engineer? Like we never had problems getting internships and stuff like that because companies 
they they cheated. They're like, okay, I need a black person. Let me go get this pool of ten thousand black people and pull from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and I, I think there's also this. It goes back to black people are, are viewed by our lowest uh, subset, whereas white America is viewed by their highest. So you look at a white school, a PWI, and you think of Harvard. You think of you know that. You don't think about I don't know like the bum. Alabama like you know what I mean it's like you 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 have to look at our Howards and our fams and everything and we call them black Ivy Leagues right there are black Ivy Leagues and there are black meh schools yeah. so when you all HBCUs are not created equal are, are created equal so <laughs> but, but that's the thing like I tell people if you're not going to these Ivy League white schools or going to a school that's known for a certain major mm-hmm. is not really going to do like rising. You went to UAB initially because you were going to be a doctor and they had a great medical program. One of the best right. in the Southeast. It made sense. I should, cause I wanted to go into medical, but I should have went to UAB because of that, but I was brainwashed and wanted to go to fam. Yeah. We, like, we talk about that a lot. Like I switched to business and I should have been at fam our, because, they, <laughs> because their years, business program is yeah, like crazy, crazy. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing I tell people, like you just, you have to look at it. Don't let people brainwash you for what it is or what you've heard, or oh, I guess I can go to HBCU. Like, no man, it's, that was Rizzi's home away from home. Like Rizzi used to be at fam all the time just because it was, he got to be himself. He, he came in and, it was just like, oh, Rizzi's here. They embraced him full, full heart. Rizzi went on trips with us, random <laughs> trips. Only, only non-family person at the whole place. So, my bad. I digress again. So, that's three questions, though, right? Everybody yeah, answered. Yeah, good. yeah, man. Yeah, that's that was uh, maybe a quick show, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I had fun. I had fun. So, oh. uh, fellas, let's go ahead and close them out. Uh, what do you got to say to the people? Uh, so uh, when we were talking about shows earlier, I just finally started watching The Office. That's a pretty funny show, by the way. And yeah. when Razio was talking about um, how when we think of white people, we think about the the upper echelon of them. From watching, uh, I've started watching My 600-Pound Life, and a lot of the people on there are like poor white people. And it's like, that's what the majority or maybe not the majority, but a lot of them are. And yet they vote against their interests. But I don't want to get into politics on my my uh, my final soundbite. It's just that when Razio said that, it made me think of that. What I want to talk about real quick before I pass it to one of you guys is there's been a lot of talk about Trump lately, as he's called Black Lives Matter, a terrorist group. He's been defending these uh, Confederate statues. He wants to lock people up for like 10 years for just defacing them. Uh, he called out Bubba Wallace and demanded that he apologize, which is funny, by the way, since he's never apologized to the Central Part 5, better known as the Exonerated Five. Uh, and he won't take a stance on the Confederate flag. I said all that to say this because a lot of people are saying, look, he's not racist. He's just doing this thing because, you know, he wants to take the attention away from coronavirus or the economy or the unemployment rate. It's not that he's racist. He just knows that those are the topics that get people going and keep them distracted. I push back on that. I don't care what his reason is. 
if that's what he's doing, if he's always attacking black lives, if he's always attacking minorities, he's still racist. Even if his, even if his reason is different, even if it's just because it's not just because, oh, he just hate black people. He's just using it for some type of gain or some type of advantage. That's still racist. Because if I did the same thing that was against women, I still would be sexist. So we can kill that defense of our 45th president. At the end of the day, he likes to grab at the low-hanging fruit. He likes to, to stoke racial tensions and fears and all of that other stuff that gets his voters going. So in my humble opinion, he is racist. Well, it's, yeah. it's, he's, he's racist. No, no, no question about it. And I think what it is, is people have this definition of racist and they want to make it all the way to one extreme because anything less gives them room to feel OK about how they truly feel. You know, I think most nobody wants to be the villain. And so when you put people into that, that, that slot anti-villain mark or whatever the case, the case may be, or, you know, anti-hero mark, like it's, he might not be all the way evil villain racist, but he's racist. Like he does racist. Shit. He supports racist people. He has racist uh, rhetoric, but yeah, he might not be burning crosses, but he won't speak against the people burning crosses. You know, mm-hmm. like it's the same way. Like, Hey, you might not be out here doing certain things to women, but you won't speak against it. Hey, you, you're sexist. You might not be all the way as you might not be as sexist as this person, but you're sexist. I mean, it's yeah. what, what your boy say. He said, you might not be racist, but racist think you're racist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> so no, man, but even, even with that, I'm, I'm, uh, back to the politics piece of it. I just want to shout out SCOTUS. Uh, the Supreme Court has handed him some L's, bro. They've been on one. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So John Roberts has like been crossing the uh, the aisle a good bit, or or I guess the political divide, and voting with some of the liberal justices. Uh, so Trump hasn't turned over his taxes. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead I was going to say, I think Tucker Carlson heard your uh, final soundbite from the last show when you said that all conservatives are racist? Because he said all liberals hate America. So, oh, I, <laughs> I was like, he wants to hurt my boy. <laughs> Shoot back. No, and, and I push back on that mainly because to question a system doesn't mean you hate America. I think that's one of the most American things to do is to question those systems. I can love my family and question my family. Like, I can call my family out and be like, yo, that's foul and still love my family. So that that's how I look at it. And that, that goes back to my whole thing about 4th of July and why like, I'm going to celebrate it because I am happy and I'm proud to be an American. Uh, and I'm still going to say, Hey, this is foul. This is foul. This is foul about America. And so that that's that. So yeah, shout out to SCOTUS, shout out to John Roberts or, or, or justice Roberts. And uh, the other thing is, uh, are y'all joining the birthday party tomorrow? No, uh, Kanye West and his new political party uh, where he's running for president. Uh, so I thought it, he's canceled to me anyway. So y'all know I'm not voting for him. But <laughs> Ani, y'all thoughts Ani, I on thought I thought he was talking about your birthday party. Happy birthday to you, Chris. 
Go ahead, bro. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I just wanted that's to say, the best man, setup it's, you've it's had crazy. All, all year, bro. <laughs> that was that should have been your joke. <laughs> but no, I mean his joke of the the joke of Kanye running for president. Um, I I think is a complete distraction. We already talked about third parties, and so any of our listeners, which I doubt any of our listeners are even swayed by that but i don't know i i know some of our listeners that might be like they they hate both political parties and they're like i'm a i don't really want to vote for biden because insert probably russian troll speak right now but along with that they might vote for kanye as a protest vote so i am beseeching all of you don't let that idiot take that vote from you (laughs) <laughs> be smart about your vote and um, let, let's get Trump out of office. I've already seen the meme where it lists how many rape allegations Trump has and how many rape allegations Biden has. And then there's Kanye and they, they list it. So I've already seen the meme where some people yeah. are talking about supporting him. So, Yeah. And that whole third party thing for the presidential election. Let me be clear. The presidential election, you have the right to do that any other time, but this time. (laughs) Like, I get it. I I get trying to make a stance and having that 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 standout vote to prove a point, but not this time. But I'm going to keep with the Trump trifecta right now and keep talking about this idiot that we have in the office. And his his push to mandate the opening of schools. Oh, man. I, oh, yeah. I, I honestly, I think that might be the last straw for him, because if Billy goes to school and Billy gets COVID. Karen is going to act and. <laughs> yeah, it is going to it's I'm telling you. If some kids get sick for sc- from school, it's not going to be pretty. And let a kid, God forbid, die from this, from school. Because we're talking about it like it's far off. School starts next month and we still don't know what's going to happen. And I get it. It's such a it's a messed up situation because we have parents that have no option but to send their kids to school. And I've heard, you know, and if you talk to teachers, they're they're up in arms now because it's like we're not babysitters. Like we shouldn't be opening schools because parents have to go back to work. But that's a whole nother sh- that's a whole nother show. But this dude might have sealed his fate by mandating or pushing this school's opening. Because my thing is he's willing to defund schools. But he is a hundred percent against not even entertaining defunding police defund schools no questions asked during a pandemic because they are trying to protect the kids and themselves but defunding the police is uh, not even on the table and and on top of that just going back to the the he might not be racist but racist think he or thinks he is that's another one of those racist systems because when you most federal funding uh, covers things like, you know, free lunch programs and things like that. And guess who gets 
a lot of that. It's your inner city and lower uh, income uh, kids. So, you know, black kids disproportionately use those uh, federal funds. So while he may be saying I'm pulling federal funds from schools, uh, what he's basically saying is I'm going to hurt black people more than I'm going to hurt white people. And Oof. and that's the part that he does not care about. Um, but I think that, he thinks that, that black people. I, I, I would be, I, I would, I would be very interested to see the demographics of those government assistance school programs. Cause I guarantee white people are using just as much, oh, but yeah. I think he, th- I think he thinks it's just black people. Sheer, sheer number. Yeah, he does. But when you look at it, sheer numbers, yes, they do. Percentage wise. When you talk about percentages of, they okay, don't. Yeah. And so that that's the difference there. Percentage of black people use it more uh, while the sheer number of it. Same way with most welfare, welfare programs, welfare yeah. programs. It's, it's that way. So, we, we, and But like you say, he doesn't think white people use it. We've continuously see this uh, Republican Party kind of be... I guess you can say cowards to him. So it'd be interesting to see if they finally give him some pushback on this, because that's going to affect a lot of their voters in each of their individual states. Oh, yeah. And DeVos, DeVos, whatever her name is, she just as dumb as this dude. Like, I just I don't. I don't understand how I didn't get on his his cabinet. Like, have you heard the same stuff you said about him? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he didn't listen to this you. show all I'm gonna say is I didn't say it I mean it works for him <laughs> like, I didn't say I that. got you on the podcast I can pull it up that wasn't me that wasn't me that's, that's that uh, leftist that media that was yeah man this dude God for oh my god I'm I was talking about to one of my coworkers today if this dude gets reelected. I'm more I'm more fearful of his reelection now than I ever been before just because of COVID. Because he is not prepared to lead us through this pandemic and the people willing to follow him are are the same people who are going to cause this to skyrocket and make this extremely dangerous as time passes. So. This dude. I don't know. Anything else, fellas? Because this Trump trifecta got me. I need another to fill up my another glass. <laughs> nah, I think that's it, man. <laughs> we some Trump bashers. <laughs> <laughs> we kept a light at the beginning. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, we just couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get through a whole show. Dang it. <laughs> what is? What is? Boy, that dude. No oh, man. All right, man. It is what it is. Three brothers, no sense signing off. Y'all got it? Oh, listen, like, share, comment. Uh, subscribe, subscribe. Listen and listen again. again. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right. Three brothers, no sense signing off. See you next week, people. <laughs>